Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey once again. Uh, after last week when we went slightly back in time, we're now back on track again. And I have in my left hand the uh, 7th of January 1984 issue of Roy the Rovers. The first one of 1984. George Orwell um, is predicted future come to life here mm. in comic form. I don't know how close to George Orwell's 1984 this will actually turn out to be. Because I've never read it. No, nor have I. Can't be bothered. No, I started to read you... it once, but I got distracted. Probably. I, I remember when we when I started secondary school. It was oh, it'll have been September '83, and one of the first things we did in English was went, went a little school trip to Sunderland Central Library. Yeah. We all went along to the library, and we all got uh, library tickets mm. for the library, and we were all allowed to choose a book. And of course, George Orwell was in the public consciousness because we were just a few months away from 1984 and there was all this kind of thing is it oh, going to yeah. be like it is in the book and all and the Eurythmics of course a few months later brought out this the soundtrack to the film Sex Crime 1984 Sex Crime Sex 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 yeah, we would like you to make the soundtrack, um, including the main theme tune. Yeah, fine, no problem. When do you need it by? Oh, a couple of months. Leave it with me. I've got a few. Are you a fan of the book? Yes, I am a keen reader. I'm a keen fan of the book. Um, I am, I'm very tapped into the political commentary um, and the dystopian vision of George Orwell. So I know my way around it. Leave it with me. I'm going to come back with something really good. Fucking one month later. Have you got the song? Yes. Yep. What's it called? Sex crime. What? Are you sitting down? <laughs> Sex crime? Yes. But the film's yeah. called 1984. All right, well, I'll tell you what, compromise. We'll call it Sex Crime 1984. 1984. Why can't we not uh, call it Sex Crime at all? I'm sorry. That's what it's called. <laughs> Take it or leave I've it. I've got this. I'll be getting this new keyboard and keep pressing the button and it just says the same thing again and again and I've managed to get to say set, 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 keep saying crime. it listen anyway enough talk let's get to listening without further ado sex crime enough, enough talk where's the check sex crime sex crime 
Listen, fine. I felt all right. Yeah, I think laterally. I'm an artist who thinks laterally. If you wanted a straight down the line, obvious thing, Drew, ask fucking Shirley Bassey. Yeah, she'll do. You probably still got time for her to turn something round. Get Shirley Bassey to sing a song called 984. That's fucking boring, right? Sex crime. That gets people thinking. Listen, it, it challenges on the dance floor as well. Uh, so we went to the library, and you got to choose a book. And of course, me fucking being above my station a little bit, I thought, oh, I'll get, I'll get a George Orwell book. Everyone's yeah. talking about George Orwell. He seems to be the, uh, the thing. The, the author. All of the adults are talking about the eleven-year-old me. Yeah. And uh, so I had a look. Uh, maybe they didn't have nineteen eighty-four, but I picked up Animal Farm instead. And I had a little look, and yeah, I thought, oh, this looks better. All the characters are animals. This Brilliant. is more like <laughs> this is better for an eleven-year-old. <laughs> And I didn't realise the whole thing was like a metaphor. Well, the thing, about, it, thought... the, the thing about 1984 is that you go, if you pick it up, right, you think, oh, book, all about, like, say it's 1964 or 1954. Mm. I don't know when it came out, right? Let's say you, you're in a library or a bookshop in 1954, and you go, oh, what's this? 1984, sounds interesting. You pick it out, and it says, this is a dystopian vision of what life will be like in 1984. And you think, great. You think it's going to be like fucking Buck Rogers, yeah? Flying mm. cars, meals in pill form. Dystopian, that sounds good. Malfunctioning <laughs> robots. A robot that you built to be your cleaner, but then the, due to a programming error, it goes mad and tries to fuck you. All that sort of <laughs> stuff, right? Laser beams, laser swords, lasers, 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 spaceships. Great. <laughs> And then you start reading it and you're like, what the fuck is this? There's not a single lightsaber duel. There are no spaceships. There are no robots that try to fuck you. Nothing. It's basically worse than current than present day. They haven't got any good technology at all. It's basically the worst sci-fi book ever written. Yeah, and that's why I picked up Animal Farm instead, pretty much. So, uh, 1984 is upon us. 7th of January, left hand. Across the top, it says Super Sunderland Star in sign, please. Whoa. So uh, that would have uh, tickled me fancy as well as the, the, the momentous year began. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to guess a Sunderland player in 1984. 1984? We Didn't Ali McCoyce play for Sunderland around that time? We had Ali McCoyce around later. then. Right. Yeah, That's the only have, one I can have, think of. Yeah. Well, shall we say it's Ali McCoyce? Yeah, that's my guess. Uh, it's not. Uh, I'll give you a clue if you want. Uh, the the man in question also played for Middlesbrough and Liverpool during his career. Mm. Although I'm not actually sure about the Liverpool bit. I'd better check that. No, well, I can't think of anyone who played for Middlesbrough and Liverpool, sorry. Apart from Stuart Downing, and this no, is about played. 30 he, years he before ne- his time. He never played for Liverpool. I'm thinking of David Hodgson. Sunderland, the only player from the 80s I can think of of Middlesbrough is Bernie Slaven, and I'm pretty certain he didn't play for Sunderland. Didn't play for Sunderland. Craig Johnson played for Sunderland, then went to Liverpool. Did he? he? never played for Sunderland. Oh, what, he was just there? Middlesbrough Liverpool. This is just gibberish now. Yeah, all right, forget this. This is a a bit football-y. It's Mark Proctor. There he is. Oh, I remember that name, yeah. Yeah. Because Proctor sounds like proctologist, which is an arse doctor, isn't it? Yeah, Mark Ars Doctor is basically <laughs> what he is. Yeah. Uh, 
He was at Middlesbrough till <laughs> 78 to 81. Nottingham Forest, 440,000 in 1981. Then on to Sunderland in 1983. Uh, it doesn't say how much we paid for him. Uh, four years with us. Then on to Sheffield Wednesday for 275,000 in 1987. And then back to Middlesbrough in 89 for 300,000. So his value just kind of stayed about the same. Yeah. Um, it d- defied inflation throughout the 1980s. <laughs> and... Then he went to Tranmere, South Shields and Hartlepool before retiring in 1998. Fucking hell, that's amazing, isn't it? 37 when he retired. Where do you think the peak of his career was? The peak of his career? When he was at his best. Probably Millsborough. He's one of them who Nottingham Forest signed, but he didn't really do much. Uh, He had 63 games for them, five goals. 117 games, 20 goals for Sunderland, so that was probably his... Best spell. He was a slightly cut above what we had at the time, but again, we were we were struggling. We were struggling then. Anyway, let's move on. Mark Proctor, we salute you. Mark, <laughs> ask doctor. From a long line of ask doctors. Yeah. Anyway, front page. Uh, Roy had shocked his old players and many Melchester fans by dropping Rovers' top goal scorer Rob Richards for the third round FA Cup match against Walkington Town. Instead, he gave a debut to new signing Neville Jones. Now, Roy's clever here. It's the third round of the FA Cup. Mm. He's rotated the, the team. It's a kind of game, if he'd given R- Richards a run out, Richards could have filled his boots against this yeah. third division team and he would have made Roy look like yesterday's man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a hat full of goals to be had here and if there's anyone that's going to fill his boots it's fucking Roy Race yeah um, Roy is shaking hands with one of the um, work, walking players who looks a bit like a hunchback with a moustache can you see him there on you yeah yeah he's got material. a weird sort of crouch it's making him look shifty he looks a bit like Paco uh, Diaz actually yeah, he looks. Um, yeah, he so also he looks mutilated. a bit like a nonce. So Roy's shaking hands with him, and the crowd are saying, "Wokington are a third division side, good cup fighters, but well below Rovers' class. We should thrash them." Oh God! <laughs> famous last his words. Pal, his pal says, "We ought to thrash them." <laughs> <laughs> and then. But Woking know that this Rob Richards business has unsettled our players and they've nothing to lose. They could just bring off a shock result. <laughs> that's the that's the spirit, lads. Get behind. Roy's just returned to the club. Get behind them. They've got a fucking home banker here in the cup. Um, are they at home? Hard to say. Hard to say. Not sure. That could be a third division ground that we're looking at. Don't know. Uh, so soon after the kickoff, uh, Roy pings a ball out to the left wing uh, to Neville Jones, who was the new signing. Who Paco Diaz, of course, no, it wasn't Paco Diaz, was it? It was um, who's the guy who retired? He's discovered this player in the park. Oh yeah, um, Vernon. Vernon Elliott. Vernon Elliott, yeah. Who Vernon Elliott has discovered in the park just just having a kick about I think and he signed him up um, maybe to just justify his own job yeah I got you a player I found him in the park he looks <laughs> decent maybe stick him in against Walkington yeah alright then I still get paid 
<laughs> I'll put him in. It means I can drop that other little fucker. Uh, Roy pings a ball out. What a ball! Roy's lost no time bringing Neville Jones into the game. Neville Jones in italics there for some reason. Uh, over to the double page spread within the comic itself. Um, continue. The same fan has said. Rose lost no time bringing Neville Jones into the game. That continues on the next pitch, and I like his style. I am actually quite excited by Neville Jones. It's weird. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Sometimes I do genuinely get excited by just the football content, and there's something about yeah. him. I love these stories where it's like they've been scouted down the park, and then suddenly they're like thrust into like yeah a first team action. And there's also just something about. He, obviously, I think he's been based on John Barnes because in 1984, John Barnes was very much becoming the golden yeah, yeah. boy of English football. Yeah. And th- this later this year, he would score one of the all-time classics, wouldn't he? Uh, there's a combination Brazil. of two players here. There's John Barnes yeah. and there's also Chris Waddle, who, of course, yeah. was playing non-league and was famously working in a sausage, sausage factory, factory. Mm. when Newcastle signed him up. So that that was a thing that still happened sometimes back then. Um, players would get signed from humble origins. Like we had a player, someone had a player called Barry Dunn. Mm. This is about 78, 79. And he was an electrician. Yeah, there were stories like that always in real football that were based on, on this stuff and you loved it. I mean, you know, like, not quite the same, but Mark Ward, my mate Mark Ward, had been playing for Northwich Victoria. Got scouted right, by Oldham, yeah. and after like not long at all, a few months at Oldham Athletic, he gets a knock at his door in his little terraced house in Oldham one night, and um, and he opens the door, and John Lyle's there, <laughs> king of the Cockneys, and he's got his fucking Jag. Of course, he's driving a Jag, right? John Lyle, uncannily like Mike Baldwin, actually, with his sort of slicked, <laughs> his slicked sort of grey in quiff. And his sort of like big sheepskin, and his cigars, yeah. and his uh, and his uh, jag, and um, yeah, and, and, and also also plundering the north for his yeah, own gain. Exactly, yeah, he was there, and it literally had no. He did not know he was coming. He said that his yeah. knock at the door, he answered the door, and he goes hello, and he goes hello, young man. The name's John Lyle. How do you fancy playing for West Ham United next season? <laughs> And so you've got stories like of that nature all the time. But now, yeah. I mean, fuck me. Yeah. These, these, you see a player come into first team, they've been incubated, haven't they, at some sort of well, fucking compound for football well, babies. See, even seeing a Premier League club buying a player from the Championship. I mean, you yeah. did it with Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen, and that and, sort of feels now like the stuff of fairy tales, you know? Well, that was the thing, because we were in the championship at the time, and it was really obvious from watching him that he was going to be a class premiership player. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, no one came in from him. It was really weird. Yeah, there was like a reticence among the Premier League clubs to, to sign him yeah, up. Yeah, because they don't trust the championship. It's very strange. Yeah, exactly. and, yet, and yet they'll trust, say, Ligue 1 or the Portuguese yeah. First Division, which I would say the quality is the same or lower than the championship. Yeah. So it's very yeah. peculiar. It's still it's still weird seeing Graham Potter as the Chelsea manager because it looks like he's won a competition or something. Yeah, yeah. It's how do you like, think that's going to turn out? How, mate? How, we, how? we haven't discussed that. What are our predictions for the Potter era? <laughs> Fucking hell. I honestly don't know. It started quite well for him. Yeah, but he... he might he, go uh, really well. Guaranteed he won't be there in two years. No matter how... Yeah. I wish him all the best. 
But even a Chelsea fan knows that. You don't get... Thomas Tuchel, mm. he won the Champions League with them. And I don't think he saw out two years. Yeah. So, basically, you're not going to see out two years as a Chelsea manager. And if you're Graham Potter, so you don't even have, you know, a, a backstory that involves winning leagues or Champions Leagues to sort of prop you up through bad times, you'll probably go quicker. Mm. Which is a shame, because he's a good manager. And I would suspect that he would have rather have stayed at Brighton, but that Chelsea offered so much money, sometimes, you know, you almost feel like you're letting yourself and your family down if you don't take the job. Plus as well, Brighton were riding high at the time, and he probably correctly thought to himself, Brighton are never going to get higher than they are Mm. right now. So my, my stock is higher than it might ever be. And actually, if we lose three in a row, which in the Premier League, everyone does at some point, perfect, I could actually get sacked by Brighton. And then I'll be yeah. thinking, why did I turn down Chelsea when I yeah, had the yeah, chance? Yeah. So he's sort of gone to Chelsea, but he probably doesn't think it's ideal. Do you know what it I mean? Probably, it was, it was probably thinking, stick with Brighton, keep it, keep it going. England job in December. Yeah. After the World Cup. Get well, that. Chelsea's fucked that for him. No, I'll tell you what will happen. He'll get sacked despite doing not bad. And then in two years, he will be at either Everton or Aston Villa. They go back to Brighton. Or back at Brighton, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about football too much. No, it's It's not real football anyway. Mm. Let's get back into the world of 1984 Roy the Rovers. So, uh, I like his style, says a fan. Another one says, if he keeps making runs like this, he could be the answer to our problems. (laughs) Problems, problems, problems. It's the way of Melchester. But uh, one of these third division brutes just does a slide tackle on him, takes the ball and the man. It might be the hunchback, actually, by the looks of him, that Roy's shaking hands with. Um, And uh, what's he called? Neville goes, oof! And uh, a walking fan says, that's the stuff, George. Uh, George Talbot was the veteran walking centre-back and captain. Yes, that's who we've seen on the front page, isn't it? The number five, the hunchback, the nickname, the bastard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, fan says, I bet that brought the kid down to earth. Talbot may be getting on in years, but he's one of the most experienced defenders in the game. Another one says, and the cup seems to bring out the best out of him. Fucking hell. Um, The fans were right. And Talbot says to his goalkeeper, watch it, Martin. Not hit it, Martin. Watch it, Martin. (laughs) I think we might do some... Oh, by the way, uh, Hit It Martin t-shirts are still available on our Red Bubble site. All the links, if you go to our website, all the links to our merchandise are there. Uh, There are Hit It Martin t-shirts. If we said a couple more this week, then I will be creating Watch It Martin t-shirts in a different <laughs> colour. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to have to buy one for the live shows to wear, Yeah, I think. of course. Um, there will be no merch on sale at the live shows because it's too much of a pain in the arse. Just buy the stuff online yourself. Yeah, and come wearing it. If you want to it. buy it just after the live shows when you're drunk, yeah. we'll, uh, you know, we'll tell be you our guest. Yeah. Uh... Watch it, Martin. We can expect a long throw from Blackie Gray right into the goal mouth. And thanks to Talbot's warning, that's what indeed what happens. The townkeeper knew what to expect. He's punched it away. 
uh, Roy pounced on the clearance and hits the rocket. Left foot. Outside of the left foot, of course. Um, look at his face. Look how delighted he is with himself as he does that. <laughs> it's just pure fucking joy. Uh, voice in the crowd. The rocket! 1-0! But it doesn't go in. Talbot's on the line. And he... Uh, <laughs> he caught it, it in his, his balls. <laughs> caught it up his balls. Yeah. Stand out of the way. Everyone... <laughs> Clear out the way, I'm about to catch it with my bollocks. I've been playing in the third division for so long, I no longer have any feelings in my balls. I have been I kicked just in. deflect this. I have had these nuts trampled on, stamped on, <laughs> even bitten once. They even got bitten once by a dog what come on the pitch. <laughs> I feel nothing. There is nothing now. And at times like this, when your backs are against the wall... I can deploy those bollocks to do almost anything for me. <laughs> His nickname's not the bastard. His nickname's Iron Balls. Iron Balls McGinty. Iron Balls Talbot. Jalapeño. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Jalapeño. Talbot's blocked it on the line. <laughs> this is a fan. Roy thinks, just my luck. It looks as if old George <laughs> is going to have one of those games. <laughs> Look at the next frame. Talbot is bullying. <laughs> Talbot's Neville amazing. Jones. He's on his face. Get out of my way, Jesus. boy. Jesus. Christ almighty. Jones Whoa. is just shocked. Ugh. Another interception. He just isn't allowing the lad to settle down. No, of course he's fucking not. God. George Talbot. Star. <laughs> he looks a little bit like that Australian cricketer. He does, yeah. He's got that bad guy look about him that they always yeah. have in here. They've always, if you want to spot a baddie in Roy the Race, always look for the bloke with the moustache. Yeah. <laughs> and long black hair. <laughs> yeah. And um, as Neville's confidence began to ebb, uh, he misplaces a pass, which is intercepted. Um, oh, that's a terrible pass. He's handed Wokington a gift. Um, <laughs> next frame. Uh, 
it's a wide shot of the whole scene. So the uh, walking wing is running down the, the left-hand side with it. Um, and it's George Talbot again who shouts, Near your post, Alan! <laughs> Alan. Another T-shirt. He's, uh, Near post, Alan. Talbot's on a run. Near your post, Alan. Uh, Watch him, Melchester! And Cross comes in, diving header. George Talbot, back of the net. Charlie Bro- Carter, no, no chance. Great goal. Really good. It's but really a, a good. Buck, a swashbuckling goal. Yeah. It's it's the magic of the cup. It is, yeah. It totally is. Melchester nil, Walker in town one. More problems for Roy, who, based on current form, is truly one of the worst managers in the league. Yeah. <laughs> at two different clubs. He was having a nightmare at Walford, and now he's having a nightmare back at Melchester. <laughs> uh, Talbot runs off with... Uh, pumped fist in the air and he says uh, let's go to worry town one more like that and we remove a chance <laughs> let's go for it Wok- Wokington shouts his teammate wahoo shouts another one <laughs> never never um, tolerate that at all that's just an instant substitution wahoo get off Get away from me, you little fucking vermin. No wahoos. Not in my team. Not on my watch. No wahoos in the third division. (laughs) That's top flight stuff, that is. For all the pansies and Nancy boys in the top flight. (laughs) Overpaid mugs. Fucking airspray boys. (laughs) Fucking deodorant wearers. Fucking West End Wendy's. What? The fucking roll-on deodorants they all have up there uh, in the top flight. Absolutely disgusting. A woman likes the scent of a man. Real fucking scent. perversion. Whiskey and body odour never did me any harm up the disco. <laughs> Whiskey, body odour and a local constabulary that turns a blind eye. <laughs> That's the well-keeping way. Uh, playing above themselves, the visitors went for everything, it says. Charlie Carter was forced into a string of vital saves. He's plucking one out of the air. He's diving at the number seven's feet. Very much earning his money. Got a nice new keeper's kit as well. Green, but with what looked like black sleeves. That's good, isn't it? That's nice, that. Uh, I always, like, in um, FIFA, you can now create your own club. And right. uh, I'm currently Chiswick United and I have taken them from League Two to the Premier. Did you tell us the name of the manager that you created at that club? Uh, I've told you many. The, the, like Over the years, there was Derek Manager was my first one. Yeah. Uh, but the one I have at the moment is called John Business. Oh, John. Wasn't the one called Dickhead? Yeah, there was Dickhead. That was on the trial one that we got earlier. Right. Yeah, and, it, and so the news stories all said things like, Dickhead arrives at... West Ham and all this sort of stuff. Um, John Business. John Business is good. But you always, every season, you get to design the kit. Yeah? New kit every yeah. season. First, second, third, and goalies. And I like to play around. It's part of the fun of it. Each season, of course, season I like to spend a long time on the home and away kits. Yeah? It's what we would do when we were kids, but with our felt tips. Uh, yeah, I- Absolutely. It was like well, my main thing was just drawing out football yeah. teams and inventing football teams. And now you get to do it on this game. I absolutely love it. In fact, after we finish recording this, I'm already thinking, oh, I think I'm going to squeeze in a bit of Chiswick United before dinner. <laughs> right. 
But um, I always, one thing, I, I play around with the kits, but I never mess with the goalie, mate. I always make the goalie's kit green. Because for me, that's just, just as it should be. Something shouldn't change. And you never <laughs> see that anymore, do you? You never see a, ke- yeah. a keeper wearing a green shirt at all. No. I just think that's silly. I, would, I don't even know. What, what colour shirt do they wear now? What, what, what? Oh, they have all fucking sorts, don't they? It's, do, it's do they, ridiculous. Do they wear green? No, nah, they don't wear green. I don't think purple? so. Something about yeah, purple, all that pink. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's all come over from the continent, hasn't it? They don't even wear black boots anymore. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, back page then. Continued from colour pages inside at half time. Blackie uh, comes over to Roy. Roy, young Neville's hardly touched the ball since Talbot gave him the treatment. The treatment. <laughs> you know what I mean, Roy. No, not that treatment, Roy. The on-pitch treatment. Not what we do in the woods. <laughs> we ought to pull the lad out of the game for his own good. Roy says, uh, I'll, uh, I'll think about it, Blackie. Um, and he does think about it. He goes over to uh, Merv, Merv Wallace and says uh, in the dressing room, Merv, you better get warmed up. You'll be starting the second half. Midfield, left side. Okay, Roy. Okay, Says Roy. Wallace. Okay, Muskie. Mm. <laughs> Taffy Morgan looks on. Sounds as if Roy's taking Blackie's advice. <laughs> Curious. Who's mm-hmm. uh, really he, running he, this club? He's giving a massage to Vic Guthrie while he thinks that. Can you see that? <laughs> it's like, do you like that, Vic? Yeah. Yes, I do. It makes me feel very relaxed and strangely tingly. Keep doing it. Is that pressure all right for you, Vic? I would like it to be harder. (laughs) Very well, Vic. You're the boss. Say that again. You're the boss, Vic. Oh, I am the boss, aren't I? Yes, Vic. But but quiet, though. Don't want Roy to hear you. (laughs) Uh, As the Rovers came out again, uh, Roy's brought on Mervyn Wallace. But Jones is still playing. So who's been substituted? Kenny Logan. Um, Race must be round the twist. (laughs) One down and he pulls off a striker. We've got it made now, Wokington. Now those those voice voice bubbles could be coming from the players or the fans. It could be the players. It's usually the fans. It's usually the fans, isn't it? It looks like it's from the fans, but they could be positioned to be from the players. It's up to you. It's up to you completely. It's all your interpretation of it. Um, so there, uh, shouts of dismay and anger rippled around the stadium. Oh, they want to fuck off again. He's only hmm. been back half an hour. Uh, if this is the best race he could do, he should have stayed at Walford. <laughs> fuck here now. Fans. Come on, Roy, do something. Use the right wing for a change. Oh, fucking <laughs> experts. Yeah. Football experts we've got here. Um, and uh, the ball does go to the right wing. He has. And look who's on the end of that pass. Neville Jones. He's switched to the right to get away from George Talbot. <laughs> but then we see Jones attempting to run down the wing. And a fan says, just as Talbot guessed he would. 
<laughs> waiting for him on the right wing is George Talbot, uh, who says, No highway, son. Come to Joji. <laughs> oh. What's that mean? What the fuck? Oh, man, he's going to eat him alive. This is tragic. Uh, so, Neville Jones, this might be his one and only appearance from Melchester. I don't know. Um, come to Georgie. Fucking hell, that is so no, sinister, no isn't it? highway, son. Yeah. I don't like is the vibes a... at all of this, George Tolbert. No, it deserves to be in the third division. I, I reckon, uh, my prediction for next week, do you, have you seen next week or not? No, I haven't, no. I reckon he's going to fucking nutmeg him and leave him on his ass. I hope so. They're not going to let him get done again. That's just not in the yeah. that's not in the DNA of Roy the Rovers, is it? The only spoiler we've got is next week. The second half action is not to be missed. But then they would say that, wouldn't they? Oh, mate, um, are you, have you got time to just quickly read us the uh, caller of the week? Because there's oh. some, I've just scanned it, and there's some great um, criticism in there. Yes, caller of the week, Daniel Coombs. Mm. Uh, yeah, it says uh, full call of the week. Of course, this is the thing where you ring Roy on 01 261 7193. I don't think you get through to anybody if you ring it now, but it's worth a try. It's 50 uh, pence. Phone Roy. If your call is selected, you win £3. Um, Daniel Coombs. Daniel lives in Pershaw, Worcestershire, and rang in to tell me I'm 12 and I think Roy the Rovers is really good. Mind you, I think it used to be better than it is now. Okay, I was really sorry when the Marx Brothers went. I rated this story second only to Daryl's Palace. <laughs> so that's putting in top two. That's putting Roy of the Rovers itself at least third yeah. on Daniel's list. He's come out swinging, this kid. He doesn't care what he says. He's having a punt. He might get the three quid. He's just trying to be different. Yeah. He's trying to stand out from the crowd. He says, the artwork on the main story has developed well. You're now using shading. <laughs> well, but fucking me. spotted, Tony Hart. He's telling about a draw. <laughs> Finally, you are now entering the era of shading. He says, The Apprentices is the worst story in your comic. The artwork is terrible. I'm glad Wheelchair Wonder went. It was absolutely stupid. The best of Roy of the Rovers is quite a good idea, but I'd like to see more original material. The lettering on the strips is fair, but altogether, I think your paper could be a better one. I know I've criticised you a bit, but I'm just airing my views. Thank you. Up yours, Daniel Coombs. (laughs) Daniel, there's a lot to unpick there. Uh, Ultimately, I appreciate the balls on you for coming at me like that. You've got gigantic bollocks, my son. You've got balls like George Talbot, made of iron. <laughs> um, so, fucking hell, there you go. He's won his three quid, though. Daniel I've Coons. just Googled Daniel Coombs because in the past there was another caller of the week who we actually managed to locate, didn't we? We've hunted a couple down, I think. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't sure about one of them. But, um, um, Daniel Coombs in Worcestershire. I cannot find. I can find Dan Coombs. He could have changed his name to Dan as he got older to try and make himself sound cooler and more chilled out. This is my uh, favourite part of the podcast now when we try to... Dan Coombs, docs. Senior Customer Success Manager at Doble Engineering right. in Frankfurt, New York. Oh, oh, I've got him. Have I've you? got him. Hell. I've got him. I've put in Pershaw as well. Uh, uh, Dan Coombs, born 1971 
is an English painter. Oh, no wonder he's shown so much attention. Yeah. Yeah. Coombs grew up in Pershaw, Worcestershire. He attended Pershaw High School, the local comprehensive. He studied fine art at the Ruskin School of Drawing and Fine Art, Oxford University, between 1989 and 1992. He then went on to complete an MA in painting at the Royal College of Art between 92 and 94. He was the the Rome... Yeah, exactly. He was the Rome scholar in painting at the British School in Rome, 94-95, and is visiting lecturer in painting at Wimbledon College of Art, an early patron of the Brit Pack. Wow. This is amazing. Hell. He's quite famous, mate. That's a that's yeah. an amazing CV he's got. The, uh, anything more about him? He has exhibited internationally with shows at the Leon Biennale and as an art critic as well. In 2012, he was co-curator of the Perfect Nude exhibit at Wimbledon College of Art. Well, we I don't live far from circle. Wimbledon. Well, it's 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 fucking. Skew, Skew does nudes as well. Do you think oh, Coombs yeah. has been as as Coombs been improv- no, influenced? Uh, by I, I'm looking at pictures of him. He's a striking so looking I. lad, yeah. isn't he? He's got a big. He, he reminds me of um. Is it uh, Kenny Loggins? No, not Kenny Loggins. Who am I Michael McDonald. Yeah, he looks a bit like him actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Born 1971. That makes sense. I'm going to contact him. Okay. And then I'll just report on the next episode what he says. Well, he is following, and on Instagram he is following and is followed by my mate, Paul Smith, who was also an artist. Well. So perhaps Paul knows him. I don't know. There's a, They follow each other. There's a mutual appreciation there. Okay, so. Dan Coombs and on, Paul Smith. So he's on Twitter, is he? He's on Instagram. Oh, he might be on Instagram. Twitter as well. Dan Coombs. <laughs> this is great stuff. <laughs> I don't know if he's on Twitter. I'm not sure. Dan he's on the Coombs. Insta. There's no. a lot of him on the, on the internet. No, I found the other Dan Coombs, the one who's a customer service guy. No, it's not him. No, it's definitely not, it's not him, him, is it? Oh, I'll find him on Instagram and contact so, him now. You can message so, any cunt on there, can't you? 71. Dan will have been 12. Cause this is just the start of 84. Dan will have been 12 when this... Um, when he, he, he rang in. Good stuff. Well done. Well done. This us. is my favourite bit, is when we track down the people. Because it's interesting, yeah. isn't it, to see how their letters sort of... How these people's lives sort of unfolded yeah. I, I had a letter published once when I was a kid in the independent yeah. football section because I wrote how a le- old were you I wrote a le- I was older than this I was about 14 15 I think and I uh, I wrote a letter to the independent bemoaning um, uh, Tony Adams uh, the, the persistent selection of Tony Adams in the England <laughs> team and I if you, I mean I must have it somewhere but it, I sound like I'm the Excellent. biggest most pompous little cunt, like but most most continental sides place a larger <laughs> emphasis on the technical and ball playing abilities of their centre backs, not the rough and tumble, fist clenched British style as demonstrated by Mister Adams. 
<laughs> His beer and potatoes football. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was like, I thought I was really sophisticated. <laughs> I uh, thought I was fucking this, James Richardson. In this era of football Italia, yeah, it we, was, it we, was we yearned for a more continental style. I, I like think, we are forced to persist with Adams. I was a trailblazer for the football the, hipster. The people who are, I now regard as my n- natural enemy. We are now for, we are forced to persist with the knuckle dragging Adams. Yeah, it, I mean, honestly, you're almost getting it word for word. That's how well you know me. It's really like that, and I'm going on about Des Walker, and I can't remember who I yeah. wanted instead. You, know, England have always maintained a player of this nature in this heart of their defence. Adams' predecessors include. In, include the lion-hearted but technically limited Terry Butcher and before him Dave Watson right <laughs> and I'm I can't remember who I'm saying should play with Des Walker I mean fuck knows but anyway yeah it was a cunty letter but I got it published and yeah. you've got to look at the mentality of the sort of young person who writes a letter in to any of these things yeah. whether that be me Sam Delaney or Dan Coombs but I yeah. tell you what, Dan Coombs has gone on to fucking great things. He and, has. And he's, the, he's and the ballsiness. So that is, you, you can now see, in retrospect, how yeah. he was destined to become a successful artist, in a way. Yeah. Because, he understood about shading. Well, that. And also, just like, he had a very singular vision. He had a point of view, and he didn't give a fuck who knew about it, did he? Mm. So True. True. Let's hear Good it stuff. for Dan Good. Coombs. Dan Coombs? Yeah. We salute you. You are a great correspondent with Roy the Rovers and you are a great artist. And we give you a call 10 out of 10. Yeah, brilliant. Great stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back with more of this next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.